back in my day, I did have a uh, protein container I would take with me everywhere. And you know how sometimes you just get through drinking something, you toss it in the back of your car? Mm. Yeah. It mm. grew, uh, I think it became sentient because the smell never actually escaped the bottle. But yet somehow it did. Like it, it, would, it was subliminally implanting its own uh, sentience into my mind, saying, "You smell me," and I'm like, "Who?" Is it like, kind of? Is it kind of like the third of a pizza I found in my van today? Very, very close to that, except um, much more disgusting because you have to more you, you, more disgusting. I don't know how long this pizza's been in there. That's understandable, but you're just going to throw away the pizza box. You see, I still try to salvage no, no, the bottle. No, no, it wasn't in the box. <laughs> Oh my god! No, just a rogue pizza. It was it was three pieces of pizza. Like I opened the passenger side door of my van, and I'm like, "What is this weird, misshapen, funny colored triangle?" And then I poked it with something and realized that used to be three slices of pizza. (laughs) What have they become? Also, when was I? When did I have pizza in my van? I've not driven my van in like maybe a month. Like, you have to open the passenger side door to see the pizza. (laughs) And the thing is, there's been three people that's rode passenger in my van, and they never once said, hey, what's with the pizza in the floor? Hey everybody, I'm Dane Holland, and am I going to go to jail for drawing a vampire bending over? I'm Austin Shazam Pfeiffer, and imagine being immortal forever. I'm Marcus, the body shop chopper, known as I'm Electric Man. I'm Austin Tiny Zent, and do you smell it? Ooh, I do, unfortunately. And I hope everybody that listens to Nerd It Through the Grapevine, a podcast where four best friends gather weekly to talk about our favorite parts of past, present, and future nerd culture, don't smell it. You have to smell it. Because (laughs) they say our memory and smells are very closely tied together. That is real, dude. Yeah, Yeah. super real. I hate that. You can, like, I found one of my father's sweaters that he wore every day. Uh huh summer fall winter it's a three button ugly v-neck izod that they probably don't even make anymore and it's super scratchy i hate it but i love it and pull it out of the box and i smell it and i can smell his cologne even though he's not been with us since i was eight years old and sometimes it also works inverse like we associate different smells with different places um like grease and kind of food smell you know i could associate with work or like metal shavings and oils you know stuff like that i can associate with the factory that i worked at and so i was walking around work and they were making these blueberry scones and it made me think of my mother she liked blueberry pop tarts not the frosted ones and she put butter on the top (gasps) yeah yeah, the unfrosted blueberries with the butter. Do it. It's delicious. You got to toast them. And that made me think of other smells and things from our childhood. And do we know what was up with those fat pencils in kindergarten? You can't rot with those. Yeah, that but they was... smelled like wood. They did. The jumbo pencils. Yeah, the jumbo pencils. Like, Why what? was that a thing? Novelty, baby. We were small. Or was it so you could... But you like, rot like crap with it. Was it to actually train your hand strength to hold a normal pencil? Because once you got to the normal pencil, it felt like nothing. No, I think no. it was just kids just wanted it because it was a big pencil. I mean, no. they also had bendy pencils, <laughs> no, too. So the parents got it for We them. had to have them when I was what? in kindergarten. Wait, it was really? a requirement to have those stupid, fat pencils. <laughs> I don't know if ever I've ever... I was never required yeah, never to have one. That. Yeah, Well, I know like some of my younger friends, I asked them today, I'm like, did you have to use those stupid, fat pencils when you was in like school? I was like, no, I don't even know what you're talking it's about. It's like self-defense. If I remember yeah. right, they were made by Ticonderoga. Ooh. Yeah, I think they were, and I could still Is remember. Is that the steakhouse? Th- no, no, that's Ponderosa. <laughs> okay. Ticonderogas <laughs> were the really bright yellows with they the really bright gold. green. Yeah. 
snip scratch and sniff stickers we were very smell oriented as children Mm -hmm. but that has nothing to do with my actual topic okay my actual topic is it well it kind of does because (laughs) i first read it when i was eight years old so obviously i remember very little about that particular novel that's very young to read a horror book about a killer clown right at that point i read way beyond my Reading level, still do normal. I still do, but I've I've listened to know. Tiny's terrible tabs. I mean, you you still well, do reading beyond the level that a, a man your your type should do. Well, I mean that that may be true, but that being said, I've just finished the book again today. Uh, when I was a child, the book terrified me, and so I got to thinking about the differences between the new remakes versus the Tim Curry. TV miniseries versus the novelization. And it's very apples to oranges, even between all three of them. Um, The newer ones are more close to the source material. But what I didn't remember is how in the novel, it's very nonlinear. There's a constant jumping back and forth from adulthood to childhood Whereas in both of the film adaptations, there's a defined split. This is childhood. This is adulthood. Whereas the book, it's it's all mixed together because if you remember when they were adults, they couldn't remember anything that went on as, uh, when they were children. I've never read it, so I don't remember that. Well, have you seen the movie? Uh, the new one. Yeah. I, I never. I didn't watch the original one. It's too. It was too spooky. The yeah. the the new one actually doesn't give them like that foggy amnesia type thing going on. It, it does a little bit. Uh, when they first meet back up with Mike, they don't go into much detail in the movies. But the the Tim Curry one actually like took them completely out of even knowing what Derry was about and like all that. Yeah, that time they had there, and then you know just talking to you know Mike on the phone. You know, that, that they almost didn't remember who Mike was. And they're like, from no, Mike, from Derry. Yeah. And boom, everybody's remembering back to their childhood. Yeah. When they, oh, that, that's that's how it happened in the book, too. Like, it took them a few minutes of talking to Mike to even remember that Mike existed. Hmm. Um, but the kind of interesting part about the book is they go from scene to scene from childhood to adulthood and back and forth. So you see the parallels of its return versus when it was there when they were children. Hmm. So it's very cool. You see how it, they mirror each other and how it differs as well. Um, there are some parts of the book that are very hard to get through. Um, I had to walk away from it for a couple of days at one point when it got to the boy that was killing the animals because that was just one of the most horrific things I've ever read. <laughs> I mean, it it literally made you hate this person so much because of just the, the torturous, vile things he was doing because he, he was psychotic. He genuinely was. And there there's some other rough parts of the book but as you're reading it, you kind of understand why it's there, even though you may not necessarily agree with it. Um, like the one very controversial part of the book, I'm sure you've all heard about it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like <laughs> that really could have could have done without that. Yeah, It was very difficult to get through that part too, because I'm like, I, I don't want to read this, mm-hmm. but you know, I want to get the whole grasp of the story but it was just just the way it all mirrored and paralleled was actually pretty fascinating because like when they come back to Derry, some of the some of their old wounds from when they were children from bullies and the previous uh, incursion with it actually reappeared on their bodies along with their memories because they they would slowly remember so all the childhood scenes it's all in their memories and there, there's a gratuitous amount of the N-word throughout the book. That is another very hard thing to read. But it's also denoting the time that it takes place in. Because it takes place in the 50s and in the 80s. And the use of that word was way more prevalent. Not to justify the use of that word. It is an awful, vile word. And no one should mm-hmm. ever say it to anyone 
But at the end of the day, it is a very fantastic story. And if you're a Stephen King fan or if you just like reading and want to try something a little different, I'd say you should try it because it's actually a very good book. Yeah, because the, the movie, I liked the... I never, Like I said, I never saw the Tim Curry. Did you say the Tim Curry thing was a TV series? Yes. Yeah, it was that originally wasn't a, movie? a TV miniseries. Yeah, and they, they basically just compiled them all into the movie. Oh. Basically, like... Yeah. And they would just have like a fade out, and then they'd fade back in. Oh, see, I didn't realize that that was even a, a TV see, series. Yeah. Me too. I was yeah. the same way. Okay, it was always too spooky for me yeah. as a well, kid. Well, that, that's why to a me, it was lot always of the... two big, giant VHS thingies yeah well like when you watch it a lot of the imagery is kind of kind of nerfed oh yeah Um, i'm sure you know i mean it they still want to give you the idea of the spookiness but they don't they didn't want it to be like utterly terrifying Mm -hmm. whereas if you drop the newest rendition of it back into you know the 90s when that come out that would be horrifying. You know, that would not be something you want to see on the TV. Oh, yeah. Just like my mom. She she remembers back when, um, what was it called? The Day the Earth Stood Still. Uh, it's, they redid the movie with Keanu Reeves, uh, I think, several, yeah. several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but The Day the Earth Stood Still was just a really classic sci-fi alien invasion style movie. And, you know, looking back on that now, that movie's really, like, kind of corny, you know? Mm-hmm. But the problem is... They didn't have anything else, so it blew their minds. Mm-hmm. So if we t- like, imagine going even further than that and taking like something like the most modern rendition of it and playing it for somebody in like the mid '60s. Like, imagine what it would do to their brains. No, like, well, see, would, I thought they, the newer one of it was silly. Like, I thought it was more silly. But then again, maybe that's just because I'm older and. Well, I mean, I can I can kind of see how you can get there because, like, when he's shaking that dismembered hand, like waving yeah. at them, well, that was the funny. That well, was see, really it, funny. I what <laughs> it does is it feeds on your fears. So mm-hmm. whatever you're seeing, and it, it almost it sparks that imagination because it feeds on imagination and mm-hmm. fear. Right. Um, what's really interesting is parts of the book is actually written from its perspective. Oh, which is super cool. That's cool. Yeah, it puts you in the mind of this being that feels like it's immortal and it's the only thing, and how it it's so good to feed. And adults typically are too difficult to feed on because they're more worried about bigger, more complex issues. Whereas mm-hmm. like children. They're afraid of things like clowns and spiders and this and that. Whereas as adults, it's like we're worried about insurance and taxes <laughs> yeah. and things like that. It even says that oh, in the book. Terrible, and it's just like wow. And it's like how how could you terrify somebody about insurance? I mean, come on. I'm sorry to tell you, but if it did exist, it would probably take the form of a frog for Dane, and it would be it would be a situation to where it'd be a completely nor- and it loves to do this. It would be a completely normal person that comes to order food at Cheddar's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they sit down and they ask for just some water. And then they, you know, they start putting, you know, sugar in it and some flies start, you know, gathering around the water and they start kind of just nabbing the flies. And you start thinking, wow, that's weird. And then all of a sudden you, you go, you collect their, you, can I get your order? And then they just look up at you and their throat expands out at you and then just go, Rrr. hate that. Hate that, and that—that's actually a pretty good description of how it functions. Um, like that happens, and then you blink again. Like, what the hell am I looking at? And it's a normal person, mm-hmm. you know. So it—it's, it, yeah. And that, then that's it's a very good. He can manifest your own imagination. Yeah. Then it yeah. then it, it'll wait. It waits because it allows your brain to explore further options on what's gone on with it. All the while feeding off of that. Oh, yeah, it makes yeah. the meal larger. Yeah. So, exactly. and then he can actually reveal the true scary, scary form, feed off of that pure fear that you thought mm-hmm. was okay. I was just imagining things. Oh my God, it's real. Was the clown fear a big thing before it? Well, I don't know how far back clown fears it, it go. It dated back to a few different things. It was actually, I think. I think it has to do with how it came into this world, and they don't really talk too, too much about why the clown form is the clown form. They well, kinda leave it it that. does mention it in the book. Um, when you're actually, from its perspective, he uses that a lot because it's a very universal fear for small kids. 
So it's oh. a very popular form for him to use. So it was a, like clown fear was a big thing before it was yeah. a thing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't know if that's... Well, I know that spawned a lot of new clown fears for oh, people. Sure. But I, I didn't realize that people have been afraid of clowns for a long time. See, well, what I, I imagined it as... By my sister. That's uh, why she's afraid of clowns from the original. Gotcha. Uh, me too, actually. I think it is shapeless without form. Just this, you know, this force of living chaos in which it is. Well, in, in the book, he he does have a form, um, but it, it's very Cthulhu-esque to where if you see its true form, you go insane. Because in the novel, um, Bill's wife, Audra, she's a famous movie actress. She actually comes to Derry uh, at one point in the book to to see if her husband's okay because like he just gets up and leaves and it's like, Hey, I got to go home. I go to dairy because of this promise I made as a kid and doesn't explain the situation. So her as a loving spouse leaves, you know, because they, they were in, I think England, I don't remember exactly in this other country filming a movie and she just takes off to go find her husband and it gets a hold of her using another person and shows her his true form and basically she goes catatonic like her mind is broken yeah that's cool that's another thing i didn't know you know high speed low drag if you like stephen king read the book you'll have a good time but there's some rough points well uh you see speaking of rough points um thinking about movies that i have seen revolving around the comic book universe being like the first one that I can remember being comic book based is going to probably be Blade. Um, Blade was, you know, my first introduction into what superheroes, you know, from these comic books can look like on the big screen. And, I, and I'm not including like Superman and all those other things like that. Cause I saw that as ki- as a kid, but I didn't really appreciate it. I didn't have the mental capacity to like comprehend what I was looking at. Uh, so Blade was the one that did it for me, and it kind of just uh, allowed me. Hold on, I'm going to readjust in my chair because yeah, can't you're even, coming out of it. I can't even breathe. You're not correctly. even in the chair anymore. Uh, it allowed me to see visual representations of these heroes that I was aware of because my brother had comic books. I'd seen Blade comic books. I'd also seen Ghost Rider comic books. He was a, a real big Marvel fan. Uh, but sometimes I, I miss out on things. And it kind of makes me question, like, just how into comic book stuff I really am. Because it's like, I don't want to be a poser because I got made fun of a lot in middle school for being a poser. And I don't need to repay it. Uh, oh, shit. Hold on. I'm yep. smacking yep. it, baby. Get on that. I don't yeah, say daddy. repeat. It's repeat. So it's I don't, your dialect. I don't need to repeat. <laughs> I've got a book that I picked up at Acquire the Fire circa 2006 that tells you how to not be a poser. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's actually, that's probably pretty helpful. Uh, uh, yeah, I used to wear uh, black clothes, just like all black, but not all the time. Like, it was just whenever I felt like it because I'm a human being. Uh, and, you know, people that wore all black all the time as a statement would have, like, of course, like, all gathered around and be like, poser. Mm. Like, you're in sixth grade and you just thought that black went with black, so you wore it. And you're just really confused as to what you're posing as. I feel like people who call other people posers, because, I mean, even adults still do it, and it's ridiculous because they're trapped in their middle school brains, but I think it's because they fear that they themselves aren't as knowledgeable about what they love, so they've got to tell someone else they're a poser, because then that makes them be like, yeah, because I know what I'm talking about. It's just insecurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've called people a poser before, but it was more than a joke when <laughs> you right. posed. Because I was, I was flexing and held it there for yeah, a yeah. while, and you, you're like, yeah, 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 no one's taking a picture. I was taking pictures. Oh. Stupid poser. How should, dare you take chances? Yeah, now yeah. we're going to have to take How dare you explore your website. own persona? Yeah. 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 Idiot. And that's kind of, that's kind of what was, Yeah, I know. A big, <laughs> dumb, stupid idiot. Get back in that box that I've defined for you. Yeah. Exactly. Stupid. You can't put baby in a corner. You can't put Shazam in a box. Think outside the bun. I mean, there's one way you can put me in a box, but Justin Timberlake explained that yeah, like years ago for everybody. No. Um, so, step one is... <laughs> You're bringing you, sexy back? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, in a box. So Shang Chi <laughs> oh. is what I'm referring to on these characters that I missed, like Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I don't, I don't have any clue. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I lo- I just I I did some mild searching, 
and uh, just pulled up some facts and some things about it. I just want to say thank you because I did see on Instagram uh, the a lady that I follow for whatever reason I'm blanking on her name. She's Asian American, and she's talking about that it's so great that she's now represented in a you know in a film like this. And I'm like, I've never heard of this either, and I meant to look it up. Now I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, thank Good. you. So I'm I'm glad I can help. Uh, it's actually starring an a an Asian actor. Mm-hmm. It is directed by an Asian director. Cool. So, and it's, you know, it's getting some high praise based off its initial release uh, for how well versed in the actual styles of martial arts Marvel and Disney stuck to. Mm. Because researching the character of uh, Shang-Chi, uh, he is a master of several different weaponries, several different like several different martial arts. He's considered in Marvel canon to be one of the best martial artists who ever walked the earth. Mm. And you know, through a lot of these sacred objects, much like Doctor Strange has in his, you know, his universe, not really universe, it's Marvel universe, but like in his storyline, you know, you get the mythical objects that he's able to use and power him up because he's already so proficient in fighting styles that he's also proficient in weaponry. So if he's proficient in the weaponry, of course the enchanted weapons are going to be able to aid him. Um, it's it's It seems like a cool story. Uh, it's coming out on September the 3rd, well, and really that's very close. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing that. Uh, I feel like that will be a, a nice little addition to my comic book brain. Yeah, for sure. Just because I, I, I never knew anything about him. Never knew a thing. We get to, the, as comic nerds, you kind of get to this point where you're like, you feel like you know most of the characters, like you can't really be surprised by much. And then like all of a sudden there's this really hyped up like movie about a comic book character you had no idea existed. <laughs> so it's this new kind of excitement. Like I... I know nothing of this character. Just, I mean, similar to Doctor Strange, really. Yeah, blank slate. I didn't know much. I knew Doctor Strange existed, and I knew there was magic involved, but I knew pretty much nothing about his character because I've always been more of a DC person. But uh, yeah, I would. I got to go into it like you said, like with, with a blank slate. So I didn't have that preconceived comic book history of being able to dissect the whole thing as I watch it and be like, "Well, they got this wrong, this wrong. Why didn't they do this?" Blah blah blah. I got to just enjoy it as a superhero movie. And and now he is my idea of that character, which, I mean, should lead me to read more comics. But. You know, at the same time, too, I haven't thought about this very often because it's it's just now coming out, though. This is the first generation being introduced to Harry Potter that would have absolutely no idea what Harry Potter would be in their own minds. Like, if, they, if they pick up a book... They can't think of who Harry Potter is in their own character. Without seeing him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying now. Like, this is the first generation that has no blank slate for what Harry Potter looks like. Right. Because I mean, everyone... I've never seen Harry Potter. But you've seen what the character looks like in the glasses, right? I mean, in the scar on the head. And, There's a wee young one. But right. the, haven't they always had the same art on the book, though? Because, like, there's art, book art. Yeah, but book art's one thing, because sure. you, you have to imagine the other, all the other characters. You've got, you know, hundreds of characters throughout these books that are introduced in and out, and you've got to develop your own way of finding out who they are. But if you see it on, you know, TV, or you see it on the big screen first, you're going to have those people in your head now, even the way they talk. That's how you hear them in your head. Which... I feel like some people may like that and some may dislike it. Sometimes depends on me, what I'm reading. It right. Depends on what I'm reading. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. if it's if it's a good job mm-hmm. and it sticks in my head that way and it makes me want to make that character, you know, deeper in my repertoire, mm-hmm. I can look back on it. Right. That I'm would be afraid of heights and depths. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go deeper into oh, it. Oh, sorry. I got scared for a second. I was like, we're not on a roller coaster. Uh but the, I wanna I wanna see that movie. And yeah. there was another one as well. What? Uh yeah. Marvel's The Eternals. Yeah, I don't know much about them either. The Eternals, like it seems is like that, uh, Angelina Jolie or somebody. Yeah, she in? said she it is the. In? She said it has been the most grandiose and amazing production she's ever been involved with. Well, Ooh. probably, man. Yeah, it did me. Yeah, well, then, and then it's Marvel. It. Like if well, yeah. that's like the cutting edge of I'm, of filmmaking at the moment. I'm sorry, but Disney, Disney. I mean, Marvel is Disney, right? Disney and Marvel, as is Lucasfilms. Yeah, but I'm just saying them in particular, they're because they're pumping them out on a scale much bigger than anybody else. Oh yeah, well, they're breaking in more money than anything. How much of imagine. a pump are they using? 
No, it's I'm not sure. If we had a scale, we'll have of, to go do some reconnaissance like, down in Georgia. They're talking about the pump you get in the gym. They're talking about the pump you get in the arms when they're Where would it fall the in there? Would it be like more of a banana? Or more of a rocket ship. I didn't hear anything because I heard him doing uh, Arnold. So the Eternals are a fictional race of humanoids that appear in American comic books published by Marvel. Uh, They're described as an offshoot of the evolutionary process of humans uh, because they were put here by... And you've heard these um, mentioned in several Marvel movies all throughout Forever's, but the Celestials. Um, The Celestials actually made an offshoot of human evolution to protect Earth for all time. And this happened thousands of years ago. Weren't there one in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yeah. Wasn't his dad one? Yes, his dad was a celestial. Is that his name? Ego. Ego. Yeah. Ego. Ego. And they're there to protect against deviants. Ego was not there to protect. And the, the deviants are the changing people. Uh, they're the ones who are the bad guys in the Eternals kind of series of stuff. And it also is going to reference, like, if the Eternals are here to protect to protect Earth, you know, why weren't they involved in the events of Endgame? Mm-hmm. And they, they take certain standpoints in the movie based on this, but it only it tells about it in the in synapses. But, I, I, again, I'm wanting to go blank slate because I'm already blank slate enough on it. I want to go just as bare bones as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Uh, release date for that's going to be November fifth, so it's very close for yeah. you know two very large production movies to be well, released. Remember, like remember the fifth of November. Oh, the gunpowder treason, gunpowder treason and plot. I can't, I, I can't see no damn reason that gunpowder treason should ever be not remembered. Absolutely. Uh, so you've got a, a very large array of people in this movie. I mean, Angelina Jolie and Selma Hayek, uh, uh, those are two that I know for a fact at mm-hmm. one point that that we would have to have the, the, the horn on mm-hmm. just because, right. you know. Yeah. Right, 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 right. They were symbols, man. Some good-looking Kit ladies. Harrington is supposed to be in it, correct? Uh, I believe so. I've heard. That's just like, I don't know if that's yes. a rumor. He, 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 he's, he is he's in it. signed on for something. I don't know what Ooh, it is. Ooh, the Black Knight, I believe is what I was told. Uh, yeah, but the guy that played Rob, he's in the internal, Eternals. Yeah, yeah really, both of them. Yeah, and if they actually die, yeah. they don't die; they're reborn because they're eternal. Uh, so that's what yeah. it's like to they're be cosmic beings. See, that's that's yeah. what I mean by immortal forever. Because the caveat of most immortality is it, until you die, until I'm, you get killed. I'm immortal unless mm-hmm. with with them, it's I'm immortal forever. If they die. They're reborn. If the, it's a, it's a constant respawn, hmm. so and there's going to be you know some battles going on that introduce uh, planetary galactic threat kind of things that are going to be expanding into the furthering Marvel universe, such as the idea of characters as big as Galaxis uh, or Galactus. Galactus. Galact- yes. Galaxis is a different character from a different place, uh, but Galactus and the Planet Eater. So, I mean, it's going to get into that kind of stuff, which also further ventures into the Fantastic Four right. and Silver Surfer. Silver and, Surfer. Yeah. So, and, and that's some stuff that we need some rehashing on screen that we've, ta- we've talked about before. We want to see that right. redone. We want to see it done better. And the Eternals are kind of like the... I guess they're like your random access memories. I guess they're the things that are keeping everything running while everything else on the, on the surface is mm-hmm. you know doing its thing. Because if they're there for all of time, they know what needs to be done to keep the Earth going. Right. That one random event, that was probably beyond their scope. Because I bet they're not only doing that protection of Earth at this point. Right. So that's why there's only so many of them. Well, and they can take like and make things much more on a massive scale. Because when you're dealing with the Avengers, I mean, they're limited by, I mean what they can do on Earth, basically. They're not really going off planet to do stuff. But you can take things like the Eternals, and all of a sudden now, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they get to go, you know, around the galaxy doing stuff, but they're not these, like you said, almost celestial-like beings. So you get to do some crazy stuff with these kind of characters that you go, okay, if the Avengers were put in charge of this situation, there's no way that they would survive it. And that's cool to be able to to see the Avengers as like, man, these guys are unstoppable. This is amazing. And then you're like, oh, if they had to deal with these problems, yeah, like, they're nothing. They're just like a, a human being squashed right. by a giant. So I guess the Eternals are like the good guys, huh? 
Yes, that well, that's their. Uh, as far I, as like what they're intended to be, they're defenders of Earth, and I don't right, know. So it's like the Avengers, but they're cosmic. Right. They 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 have a different jurisdiction. Yeah. I bet there'll be some kind of when you're at that level of power, though. I bet there's some kind of weird like good. You said good guys, uh, maybe not like a- amoral kind of kind of like that would be hard to do. It they would feel, it seems like yeah, like they have Especially to make for, decisions like that. Yeah. Or like Thanos thought he was the good guy, and, and also at the, well, same, right. at the same time too, like they had a per, like a really big purpose, and it's the deviants, like the the change people, the ones that are there to you know like infiltrate, you know, and uh, coerce and manipulate the the populace to actually destroy the earth faster, hmm. you know, and that's what they're there to combat. Gotcha. So, and they've been doing that for over seven thousand years. They've been on Earth doing. And just in the background, just nobody even knows about them. I'm all for like a high powered story. Yeah, I think it's time to level them up a little bit. Let's get a little bit bigger. Yeah, because grander I'm, in scope. I mean, they already did enough of the good story in with that new What If series they came out with on Disney Plus. It's awesome. Uh, if if you haven't seen What If, I'd also suggest watching it because it doesn't matter if you know anything about it; it's going to retell it anyway. Right. So, but it does help if you already know about it because it makes things like that much neater that it's so different from what you know. My mind was on the wall. Just blew my mind. Something else that might blow your mind is something called the Comics Code Authority. Are you familiar, Marcus? Tiny? No. No. Austin, I know you are. Yeah. But I don't know how much about it you know. I'll listen. Okay. Uh, The Comics Code Authority... Yeah, Daddy. The Comics Code Authority, or CCA, was formed in 1954 uh, as an alternative to government regulation for comics. Uh, so what had happened was there was this big epidemic of like uh, public concern over scary, terrifying comics that portrayed this horror and death and gore and, and things. And people were like, they're turning our kids into these... like just gore loving crazy people and of course like like evangelicals like a big part of the rage against this particular machine uh, which is actually is the opposite what of what band that band was no it's actually the opposite of what the band would be about so so yeah a mirrored version of what that would be uh but anyway this guy named Charles F Murphy uh was put in charge of this whole thing and it's actually it was a way to police material that comic books were producing, but it had nothing to do with the law. Like, it wasn't illegal to do this in comic books, but uh, they were allowed to kind of go to publishers and be like, hey, this is now the standard for what comics have to meet. On whose authority? For the, it was just the, uh, the Comics Magazine Association of America uh, were the ones that made it. So it's just this entity that... It's it's not lawful. That's what's so weird about mm. this. So the people came to, to like in front of everyone. It was like, hey, this is a problem, and this is how we're going to solve it. These publishers need to go through us to make sure that the the uh, Comics Code Authority says yes, this book has been approved for publication for the consumption by youth. I bet it was a deviant. A deviant. Oh, a deviant in the story. Yeah, I bet no. Of, I bet I bet it Eternals? was. Yeah, I bet it was a deviant that did it. It had to have been. <laughs> Just to give you an idea, like I've got a list of things that I, I want to go through with you, probably all of them, just because of how ridiculous all of this is, of the things that this Comics Code Authority said comics can't have inside of them. Uh, and it's it just goes against everything you see in comics now, uh, for the most part. Some of it Was this golden, for sense. the golden age of comics? This was in 1954, so this was early. Okay. This was early on. Cool. Uh, yeah, so Superman was made in 38. So, But this goes beyond superhero comics. This yeah. is just comics in general, which has existed for a long time before Superman. Uh, so I, I just want to go through this list and see what you guys and stop me if I say one and you you feel I don't know like it it's grabbing you want to talk about how ridiculous it is. Uh, crimes shall never be pre- presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal, to promote distrust of the forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. That's so subjective. I know exactly. Right? Most of this is very subjective. If crime is depicted, it shall be as a sordid and unpleasant activity. 
So it should never be appealing, like what they're stealing. If they're stealing a big jewel, like all of a sudden it's like, well, no, we don't want anybody to be like, oh, yeah, I would want that too. It's got to be something, you know, ridiculous. Policemen, judges, government officials, and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for established authority. So you can't make anyone in authority look bad. That one is, like, for me, that one right there is just the overarching umbrella for all of this. Oh, absolutely. Well, they should never read Watchmen then. Absolutely not. See, Watchmen would go against all of this, and it did. I mean, it's just, yeah, you can't tell people what to write about. No. This body of people. Yeah. This comic book authority, if you will. So is this just some people that got really bored, got together, and were like, how can we screw up comic books for everyone? Basically, because they, well, they think they thought that comics were corroding the minds of the youth of the you know just like I mean back when I did the pinball subject like people thought that pinball and these kind of games were like destroying the youth. So nowadays like it's another video games. satanic panic, but with comic books instead. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're telling me that this authority is actually just like the neighborhood watch. Yes, for um, comics. For comics, and but, it, and oh, yeah, but they were I so public it. about it yeah. that they scared publishers into going against them. Because now all of a sudden, the public hears like parents. They now they see this comics code authority stamp on comic, and there was actually a stamp on the f- cover of the comic that if it passed the code authority, it got the stamp. So now parents see that stamp, and they're like, okay, this one's okay for my kid. And if they don't see the stamp on it, they're like, oh, no, this is mature content. Like, my children can't read this. So, like, even though it wasn't anything to do with the law at all. And so now, like, publishers like Marvel and DC and stuff like that, they're like, well, how are we going to sell comics if parents aren't going to buy them for their kids? And also this made stores like not put them on their storefront if without that stamp. This made up authority for comic books. Oh, yeah. atrocious. Oh, I know. Uh, criminals shall not be presented so as to be rendered glamorous or to occupy a position which creates a desire for emulation. Oh, so the Joker in everything he's ever yep. in now. Yeah. You can't have interesting uh-huh. villains you, at all. No, no, that, that's exactly what this was. Like, no villains cannot be appealing. Do not anyone. let do not let the reader see the perspective of why they're doing bad things because no. those are bad things and they're bad because they're bad. And they're we bad. Set them. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but during that particular time, like Batman, for instance, the Joker got real childish and more or less just pranky. Instead yeah, of to. like criminal yeah. mastermind and stuff because of this, yep, bullshit. Oh, a lot, a lot of characters were dumbed down for yeah. this reason. Uh, in every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. So, in every in instance. every single instance, never can the villain succeed in anything, which is teaching these kids that. It's doing the opposite of what they were wanting to do because it's teaching kids that, like, no, the good guys always win. Nothing bad ever ends up happening because of bad people. Well, how do they explain Batman's parents then? That was that was how before. Could that possibly, that was before the this happened because yeah. they probably would have said like, no, like these good people can't die uh, for Batman to be born. So with with the Comics Code Authority, if it would have been before Batman was made, we might not even have Batman. Uh, mm. Scenes of excessive violence shall be prohibited. Uh, scenes of brutal torture, excessive, blah, blah, blah. So, like, anything gruesome can't be there. Like, and there's even a bunch of comics that, like, they, this is kind of their jam. Like, this is, and, and they're not meant all for kids, but they're still not selling because stores aren't putting them up because they're cartoons, cartoon books. Uh, that they feel like they can't sell. There's blood in it. There's like, blood. You in can't, it. can't read that. There's like, blood. Like if that if that organization stuck around longer, we would have never had Ninja Turtles. We would have never had Spawn. Like if there's a t- like you would have never had Blade. You would have never had Ghost Rider. There's nothing not brutal about these stories. Yeah, they're just brutal, gory stories. And it's the appeal Ooh. to it because it's for an older audience. Brutal, not all of them for kids. Brutal, gory stories. That's a that's a that's kind of flows off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense other than the fact that it's like, well, we have to make people think that these institutions, these respected institutions, to use their words, mm-hmm. are like. That's where morality derives from. They are infallible. Yeah, you can't have morality unless you believe in our stuff. Exactly. That's that's what drove this whole thing. 
Uh, here's a ridiculous one. No comic magazine shall use the words horror or terror in its title. <sighs> okay. Yep. Uh, all scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gore, blah, 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 shall not be permitted. All unsavory or gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. Inclusion of stories dealing with evil shall be used or shall be published only where the intent is to illustrate a moral issue, and in no case shall evil be presented alluringly, nor so as to injure the sensibilities of the reader. Scenes dealing with or instruments associated with walking dead, so zombies, torture, vampires, and vampirism, ghouls, cannibalism, and werewolfism are prohibited. Comic books, this authority will not... That stuff's a cult. Exactly. It is of the devil. We don't need to be teaching our chillings. So, yeah, this authority was like, you can't have zombies, you can't have werewolves, you can't have vampires, and you can't have cannibals. Like, they're taking all of this, like, mythic, you know, lore of this whole genre and eliminating it from this entire medium. It's like if you took my mom's old book club and they said... Hey, what should Austin be allowed to watch on television? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, Whatever I want. And, yeah. and and then young me would, of course, never have been allowed to watch literally anything. I would have right. got to watch Wheel of Fortune and whatever game show was on the television. I would have never gotten to see any of the stuff that I used us to. us as old men now, that's all we want to watch. <laughs> Family uh, feud is life, man. Profanity, obscenity, smut, vulgarity, or words or symbols which have acquired undesirable meanings are forbidden. Who gets to decide they what's didn't undesirable? Say scrum. No, they didn't <gasps> say scrum. Ooh. We could have all the scrum we want in our comics. Everybody get some scrum. They did say smut, though. They did, but... Mm. Not scrum. Not scrum. Not scrum, though. Nudity scrum, in though. any form is prohibited, as is indecent or undue exposure. Suggestive and salacious illustration or suggestive posture is unacceptable. You can't even bend over... Like, you can't draw... Like a, a woman bent over picking up a piece of paper in a comic under this authority, uh, and and it and it fit the bill. I wish they would write their own comic. Like it'd be the y'all worst comic write your ever. Comic, yeah. According to your little laws, and we'll yeah. see how good it is. Yeah. Why don't you write your own comic? Yeah. You know what it would probably be called? Vanilla. That man. <laughs> that man. Yeah. No 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 that man. Clothed figures shall never be presented in such a way as to be offensive or contrary to good taste or morals. Yep. Which, who gets to decide that? Those people. The same, These people. Those people. That's what? the whole thing. Yes. That's what this is all about. The, the yes. same people that would send a child home from school and prevent them from having an education because they have got shorts on that are too short. Too high above the knee. You got to go home. You're distracting yeah. people. And, and here's one that... Uh, while the code did not specifically forbid depictions of drugs, a general clause prohibited, in quotes, all elements or techniques not specifically mentioned herein, but which are contrary to the spirit and intent of the code and are considered violations of good taste or decency. So, oh the, the, so, the, so they are literally the authority. By, they say, yes. by them saying we are the authority, they, they don't even want to be questioned on what they think is right. Nope. They want to just say they want to just have that blanket term there. So if they ever find something that they read through, that they're like, I don't like that. They can just you know cherry pick. They that is a cherry picking. Every one yeah. of these things they've said is a cherry picking blanket term that allows them free reign to just manipulate however they want to the comic book. And industry. that's exactly. What I mean, they is, did. It, is it just for kids? Or was this just? This like, is for comic oh. books in general. If it's considered a comic book, like uh, Mad Magazine used to be a comic book, but they changed over to being Mad Magazine. So now they can be sold on magazine stands without anybody batting an eye because it's a magazine. It's not a comic book. Uh, so they got through with that, or, or Mad wouldn't have ever existed because this is a whole Mad's whole shtick is going against this code. So they just switched to a magazine as opposed to a comic book. To have to avoid putting that stupid sticker yeah. on there. Which, thing. I mean, uh, the first... This is highly censored material, everyone, just so you know. It's... But this is the one you want to spend your money on. Exactly. Right. The one that we've procured for you. Uh, the, first, the first issue of Spider-Man wasn't, like, the comics code didn't give the stamp of approval to it. But the second one did, and from then on pretty much did. Whenever Stan Lee would write a book, he said... Like he never like considered the Comics Code Authority when he was writing anything. Either it passed and they gave the the stamp of approval, or they didn't, and he didn't put the stamp on it, sold it anyway. 
But for him, he was like, he knew his audience was kids. He wasn't making anything overtly like violent or sexual. Like he was like, he was just making his stories the way he wanted to. And if this authority was like, no, we're not going to give you the seal. He was like, I don't care. Like you, you might put it on the next one. Uh, so they would just sell it anyway. Um, How long were they in operation? Uh, about to tell that here at the end, oh, actually. Sorry. Way too uh, long. By the early 2000s, publishers bypassed the CCA, and Marvel Comics abandoned it in 2001. By 2010, only three major publishers still adhered to it. DC Comics, Archie Comics, and Bongo Comics. 2010? 2010. Wow. Yes. Come on, Like, DC. just over wow. 10 years ago... These like major publishers still adhered to the stupid rules. I mean, some of these were um, amended like through the years. Like some of them were were more lenient, uh, but still like honoring anything that this code used to stand for would be enough for me as a publisher to just throw you know two middle fingers at him and be like, I'm doing what I want to do, and that's what they ended up doing as society became a little bit more like, yeah, this stuff's fine. Like it's okay. Yeah. You can so you can show somebody getting, I don't know, stabbed with a knife and, and the kids aren't gonna go, well, that can go do this. But yeah. And the video game conversation is is around the same thing as this. But sure, yeah. I just wanted to kind of a look into the history of comics and how ridiculous at one point this was. Well, because I couldn't imagine it now. It was a very large, bold point. For yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's one thing to, like, worry about, you know, how we advertise or market to children. Right. I think that's a good, you know, intellectual endeavor for some people to have. Right. Uh, but when it comes to adults, who who's telling who what we can and can't read? That's when it's like, okay, who are you? Yeah, because people of all ages have bought comics for forever, but these people just assumed like all comics are made for children and they cannot have these things to them. We are deciding what is moral and what is allowed for children to view and what's good for their lives. And it it made me furious like reading those things oh, yeah. because of how much I love comics and how much I've like even learned from comics and stuff like that. It's I, it just blew my mind as to how like our world would be so much different right now if if this meant more to people like i don't know i I just hate the comics code authority there there is some little part of it that's like okay good that you think that some authors probably got away with it after a while like you know the 50s i mean sure i I can see how in that time it would have been you know our our culture was just more rigid at that point, exactly. you know, right after out of the hills of World War II. Right. So then, once you hit the seventies and stuff, like it started being a little more lenient with it. But yeah. I'm just glad it's gone. Oh, and for sure. I don't think it should have you ever don't need existed. No code. In the first place. Come on. No, absolutely. It's not. very like nanny like. Like yes. you can't decide maybe like what's age good groups. and yeah. right for you to read. Right. So I'm gonna do it up. for you. You, you know, yeah, there's, a, there's a yeah, stack of comic content. books right next to you on this table right here. Why don't you grab two or three of them and see if they even have that stamp on there? <gasps> Rip it off. Let's see. Yep. Oh. This one does right here. Comics Code Authority right there at the top right. Yep. Approved by the Comics Code Authority. And this is uh, from 1987. This comic is. Is this comic from 1987? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a it what, is. It's, yeah. it's one of the first what if retellings of like Shazam. Cool. Uh, in my head. Yeah, Shazam wasn't depicted like this uh, until more recent years, but that's that's really cool. But yeah, anyway, first-hand proof, everybody. Y'all can see it out there in the listening world with your Use ears. Use your imagination. Use your Ima- ear balls. Imagination. Imagination podcast. <coughs> imagination. So last week, Tiny, you mentioned on Tiny's Terrible Tabs something about body modifications and specifically... I did. An elf ear procedure. Yeah. Performed by Sample Von Cyborg. Yes, I remember this. Legality in question. Okay. Well, I stumbled across this guy. I don't know how I get suggested such things. Did you get hurt? Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> he caught his got his balance right before he fell. Yeah. But uh oh my gosh. Some people will just go to great lengths. And I, I have to admit to having some sort of reactions to some of these uh, different body modifications. But I kind of did want to focus on specific ones, like where people try to look like nerdy stuff, like orcs and elves. Okay. 
Oh my god! This guy cut his nose off, y'all. Yeah, what? Seen that guy. This guy cut his nose off to look like an orc. Yes. Yeah, he's wild looking. It makes what? me sweat. Yeah, like I my pits. Yeah, well, I, I was like looking this. at his Instagram. That kind of made me dizzy. Think about not having a nose. Well, you haven't seen it, Are and you I kind of want us? you to see it. God. Yeah. No, don't make me react to things on on recording. Well, you've you've just got to see it. We'll post this to our Discord if those listening would like to go see. And now I'm real upset because that's not makeup; that's real. I hate it. And so that it. so his skin is like completely tattooed over, like to look. You know, and I, I'm not. I'm trying not to judge, but I can't help but my, I have a visceral reaction to his right. nose being sawed off. Yeah. There was another guy. He wanted to look like Red Skull. Oh yeah, I've seen him. He did all the modifications and tattooing and all that to look like the comic book depiction of Red Skull. I don't like this, not one bit, not one no. single bit. He's got his teeth filed. He's got, he's got, he's got these big. Uh, well, he's also had. I think he's had some work done on his upper, like yeah, his facial it, structure as well. Like a, it's like an implant because when the, you uh, look at him from the side, like well, here's like a like a video of him. Is that before Dude. or after he had the tusks put in? I can't really tell. Well, he, he doesn't have tusks. There's actually another guy that has tusks put in. Yeah. He actually probably looks a little cooler than this guy, I think. Uh, this guy's name is, the one that we're looking at that got his nose actually cut off. Um, I just typed it in. Why can't I remember? Fernando de Oliveira is the name of this guy. Uh, I did read a, a, another article on that other guy where he had like tusks actually installed and he was getting teeth, yeah, like surgically input into yeah. his head. Health-wise. Well, I mean, that's something that well, they do for dentures you and know, stuff that's, now that's, anyway. That's one thing I was thinking. Like, how cool is it that he's big enough fan of Lord of the Rings to like do that to his face? Is that what we're looking at here? Or is this something different? I mean, honestly, I, I, could, I can comprehend seeing a style and wanting to emulate it. I cannot, on the other hand, think of myself seeing a race of creature and or different species, mind you, and say, that's how I'm supposed to look. Like, I'm supposed to not have a nose right, and have... Like, I would scare myself. You'd wake up in the morning, <laughs> look free, in the mirror, like, ah! free, hell, I do that in the first place. <laughs> Like, like whenever I grow out my beard and I wake up in the morning and I look at myself in the mirror as I'm passing by it to go take a pish, like I, I it's startling because it doesn't look like a person should. But uh, we've we've also got this like like we are very accepting people. So it's like if oh, you wanna sure. if you wanna do something like like this to yourself, mm-hmm. like I'm I don't live your life day to day, so I don't have to wake up looking like that. Yeah. But at the same time, like it, that seems like a health risk with your nostril holes of your skull being just there, gone. just open. Gone. Like, just one cranberry gone. and a slingshot. No, and, I know. I see it and I don't want to. to but I want you all to see it. I don't want Oddly to Oddly enough, it. it would be easier to get a COVID test. Yeah. It would be much yeah, easier. I've, I've seen him and a couple like him before. There's also like the lizard guy too. He's got the forked yeah. tongue and I mean, the body covered in scales. He even talked about one time uh, if they're able to actually figure out the technology to do so, to have a tail implanted on his body that he could like that he could have like function move of? and actually function. I don't know how against I would be for having a tail. <laughs> now that I think about it, now let me let me let me huh, go well, further onto this. I think that. If technology grows the way that I think technology is going to grow, I think that the throwback to episode one, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I think that if the Neuralink actually does come to fruition the way that we're thinking it's going to come to fruition, that that might actually be able to have cybernetic enhancement upgrades more likely to happen. Because if you've already got a central link to data and to extra usage like say you can reactivate dead limbs and things like that who's to say you can't operate extra yeah like you could have like the the multiple arm scenario where you've now got four arms it makes you that much more productive on an assembly line i can be goro walk my butt so fast yes you would use a bidet true (laughs) that's true well i mean they don't have those at my my work 
But I've they- got to go acoustic. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not the right word. Yeah, going back because to I definitely don't want to go analog. electric. Analog. analog. That's the word. The analog. That's the word I was looking acoustic. for. Acoustic. You know, well, no, honestly though, just from I can I can I think acoustic probably sums the what you do up actually oh, yeah. pretty well. The bathrooms are very echoey at work. Now, if we were going to modify our bodies to have fantasy, sci-fi, or animalistic, you mm-hmm. know, things, what would we want? Like, I already know right. what I want. But, like, full on. Like, you're given a dollar amount that you have to spend <laughs> modifying yeah. your own body. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is, like, this is a lifestyle for these people. Oh, absolutely. They, they, they pour money and resources, time, effort, healing, pain. Like, yeah. the guy that did this cut his nose off. Yeah. yeah. Well... The elephant. It's scary. I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but an elephant has a prehensile penis, which means it can pick up and move things around <laughs> with its penis Whoa. like it's an arm. I've found one video on YouTube, and the elephant is using his penis to scratch his like belly. Like its nose? That's his face, Tony. No, no, no. That's it, not it's his face. Penis. That's a nose. It was by oh. the back legs. It came out, and it scratched his belly, and off he went. Whoa. I want to be able to pick things up with my penis. <laughs> Whoa. <sighs> Now that would be an impressive parlor trick. Waistband technique doesn't count. Like you've got this, you've got the guy at the party, like, and I'm that guy at the party that hates cutting his hands on twist top bottles, so he sticks it in like the crook of his arm and twists his arm, and all of a sudden the bottle cap just flies off. He's like, "Here you go." Uh, That'd be what I'd be doing with my wingus if at that point just, oh, oh, you need that open. Hold on, watch this. Yeah, that was a pop top. (laughs) I want my wingy to stay in my pants. I think yeah. that's a sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, oh, everybody wants their Wimby to do things, and I'm just like, oh, oh no, no. I was just away. saying, like, if it was what he said, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. my Wimby to do things. <laughs> oh, do. I, I, want, I want my Wimby cool. to say, 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 Wimb out. You know, I want, right. I want my Wimby to stay in my pants. Be nice if mine could like fold pillowcases or those <laughs> fitted sheets. Oh, that would be a handy because little. you would need a, you. You kind of need a third hand to fold fitted sheets. That is true, Mark. I'm a guy that does does not really like. I've never considered a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten a piercing. Mm-hmm. So just the the sheer idea of it is just so foreign to me. You're I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying it's not my thing. Are you but if I was made, I, I don't know what I could do. Me and Austin? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this. What we're talking about right now is the extreme of like that kind of lifestyle, do like piercing and tattoos. As lesser than yourself? <laughs> well, of course no. he does. Well, I'm just scared Dane, of needles Dane as well. Do you view I'm just scared of needles? That's all. Like, as superior to us three. Hold on. Even in a fantastical situation, you can't think of like an enhancement, like an enhancement that you'd want to have in your like on your body. Like I mean, what, what kind of cybernetic? You got to have some kind of cybernetic enhancement you'd want to have on your well, body. Isn't that, that would, different than like actually like? Having facial structure surgery to like make well, your no, cheeks it's, flatter. It's it body would, modification. It, it would be a body modification. That's what I'm saying. If the Neuralink comes to fruition, I then. think if technology is involved, it's a little bit of a cop out for us. Ah, uh, that sucks. I know because t- technology wise, like I can think of a bunch of things. Right, like, I'm talking about like surgery, like mechanical oh, wings, like that you have to heal from. You have to like yeah. oh, like, hair, hair implants. Well, see, I was going to think of something like that. Yeah. Like, instead of hair, Same. just to have, like, tentacles instead. Like, no, I need... So I need wherever I grow hair, yeah. I want a hairline that's, tentacles. that's or, or, like, grass. You see, he referenced like my, my, my Dragon Ball Z folks out there. The older I get, the more my hairline resembles Vegeta. Yes. And I, I, want, that, I want that strong Gohan. I want that right. Gohan hairline. I don't want that Vegeta hairline. Oh, the idea of just, like... The slick back, like big tentacles I've back there, instead of yeah. hair, like that. That's interesting because they could like they could do that, right? I have no idea. Sure. Where would you? What would you make the tentacles out of? I don't know, man. Are Synthetic talking, skin. Are we talking like predator style or like? Uh, have you ever played Mass Effect? No. The Asari Mm-mm. people. Well, the the Asari are, are a race of alien that have like basically. Uh, well, I don't know if I call them tentacles. What They're tentacle like. What about what they Ahsoka just, has? They don't move. Ahsoka, right, yeah, Ahsoka. yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah, but, well, it's like an appendage style thing that's not yeah. like t- tentacles, but um, it's just uh, there's a name for it. No, Kit Fisto. That 
That's, that's yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what like I'm talking that. about. Yeah. See, yeah. Kit Fisto from Star Wars. But I even like how like, or just like right where your face is, it's like skin, but you can see where it like transitions into like scales and stuff. Yeah. I think that that might be kind of cool. Only if I got cool. gills. Yeah. There's not. I can't think of many things I would want to. I don't know. Not want to. You're forced I'm to. That's why. To. I'm, yeah. Like, this is a I mean? mad yeah. surgeon like right. experiment type yeah. scenario. Because you know, I'm not, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't. Right. 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 I'm scared of needle. I don't want a piercing. I just, I don't know. I, I kind of like your tentacle head idea. Yeah, I think I dig that. Or wings, wings, wings. I'm talking like get your like lower jaw removed, or like get like yeah. cut your like, like taken. Like, you're talking more taken away than given. I don't know. I'm we, just blown away that a guy cut his nose yeah, off. <laughs> me too. I can't fathom doing it. Me neither. For any reason. I mean, if I, can't, I mean, imagine when you like. My nose gets gross during, throughout the day. Sometimes I have to go blow my nose. All they'd have to nasty. do, ugh. But like, can't imagine. Could you, you, like you could see it all. You could see like you can see the stalactites <laughs> forming in there. The bats in the cave. It's been so like, hard to blow your nose. I had to learn to how to blow my nose again after getting my septum piercing. <laughs> can't imagine not having a nose anymore. Oh, to blow and it. like, wouldn't you wake up and regret it? Like, oh my god, my nose. So and all they would need is it? all they need is that elf ear. Uh, extra done along with that nose and a little bit of teeth work, and you would have yourself a good bat well, with a little got, little skin gray. This guy, bat. Fernando, kind of looks like a bat, bat in a, in a way. He kind of has that bat. He resembles look. man bat. Yeah, from the, DC the lizard guy had his ears removed. I don't like that at all. No, that doesn't yeah. It, to me, that to was me. even more wild. Like I try not to be biased. Like you know, that's yeah. kind of why I mentioned like my gut reaction to it and right. everything earlier. Try not. I'm not trying to be judgmental. Yeah, but it's like any person that's like not into that kind of stuff has to wonder like how it, is it just yeah like are you okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah. Else. There's a very very few things I would want to do to me. Like that. Give me some elf ears. Give me some tentacle head. And see, that's the thing with a lot of these people is that they just keep going. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they, they look for new projects. Whereas some people are like I want to add on to my garage or something. They, they want to like <laughs> add on to their face. Yeah. Well, as as a partaker of body modifications, um, it it does kind of become addictive sometimes, or it can almost become cathartic, mm-hmm. um, depending on situations. Like I like getting tattoos it, it feels good i enjoy the way it feels yeah whereas piercing it sucks <laughs> it, it's there and it's gone but it's 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 like a release of something it's yeah. very cathartic for me whereas the tattoos more like meditative mm. yeah well it, it so, makes sense i mean yeah. we've people humans have done these kinds of things throughout human history right oh yeah uh, just like and the- for spiritual and like coming of age type reasons yeah. Just so like I mean, plates. maybe there's something to that. Uh, so lip plates, neck yeah. extension rings. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're in cultures all throughout the world to oh, where absolutely. people have these. Yeah. You know, they've got the the lip gourds to where they'll actually stretch out the bottom lip, and the longer, bigger gourds they can fit in, the more masculine and or pronounced they are in the tribe. Like, there's a lot of different things that the body modifications come into play with how people actually associate with the other people from their exact culture as well. So, I mean, they used to have cultures in Asia where they would have foot condensing as part of their body modifications they would china yeah they would have binding yep the foot bindings and they would actually take their feet down to almost like youth size feet through crushing slowly the bones and reshaping the bones of the toes and the foot and everything else so they had small petite feet whenever they were wearing shoes but if they ever took off shoes it's horrifying it is literally like you've watched the movie the witches and they're describing the way a witch's foot looks like he has no toes and what was left of the feet is squared away that's exactly how they're (laughs) i think we should get this episode squared away so thank you for listening everybody on itunes and spotify and Castbox and Pandora and Good Pods. There's so many things that we're on. It's ridiculous. Like I forget how many we're on. It's a big list. Uh, but uh, especially on iTunes, even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, you can go there and give us five stars. You can modify our rating there by adding a fifth star. There we don't have just four stars. We've only gotten five star reviews. Uh but add to that and give us a nice little note on there saying, yeah, they they did a good job. Yeah. 
Yeah, or if you wanted to just, you know, post your own body modifications, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Nerd Grapevine. Or if you wanted to get on our Patreon and uh, maybe donate a little bit to the cause, as my father says, uh, you can get a shiny, cool Nerd It Through the Grapevine sticker, as well as maybe being able to uh, unlock future content that we haven't released to the public. Best friends, period, tiny ink, period, on Patreon. And we're also on Discord. You can find us on there, live, uncut, and uncensored. We have a meme channel. We have a general chat. We even have a voice channel that we've not even utilized. Yeah. Hit me up sometime, man. I'm always on the Discord after work. I mean, I'll talk to you, even if the other grapes won't. It'll be a great time. We'll be best friends. Speaking of grapes, (gasps) if life doth hand you, Grapes. Yes. Dane, I mean tiny. <laughs> Audi- uh, he called an audible. When life gives you grapes. Yea, verily, I shall take said grapes and shove it under my skin as a modification and absorb the essence of the grape into my being and become one with the universe. Tiny fell asleep this episode. He did! <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs>